Hello, my name is Crystal McGrath, and you are listening to the Crushing Chaos Podcast. I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur with a drive for connection and positivity. I spend my working hours on my music career as a recording artist. I have a music school where I get to share my passion for music and performance with clients of all ages, and I coach women how to live their best life through fitness, nutrition, and mindset. I love everything about wellness, business, and creativity. Some people call me crazy for doing so many things, but I call it living to my best potential. I am always full of new ideas and so thrilled to share tools, tips, and stories from inspiring women crushing the chaos in their personal and professional lives. This is a show that has everything from heartfelt stories of survival, healthy eating tips, and emotional growth, all the way to business tips, delegating, marketing, and how to grow your social media following. If you're a person striving to live your best life in all areas, then Crushing Chaos will have something for you. Grab your favorite beverage and join in on the conversation. Hello, and welcome to the Crushing Chaos podcast. Today, we have Angie McNulty. Angie has found a true passion in helping women find peace, balance, and discover their gifts so they can more joyfully live a life they love. Welcome, Angie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Absolutely. So you're located in Oregon, right? I am. Yes. Beautiful place. If you guys have never driven down the coast of Oregon, I highly recommend that experience. This is so beautiful. All right, Angie. So tell me a little bit about yourself and the events in your life that brought you into the coaching world. Yeah. So I'm married and I have three kids and two dogs. So life is very busy and full. Yeah. Um, And in 2013, um, my friend and I started a coaching business. And at the same time, my husband and I were um, going through infertility. And um, we came to the point where we decided that we were going um, to stop fertility treatments and adopt. And so at that time, it was just too much to have a coaching practice. So we um, decided to focus on our family. And so I took some, a few years off and we brought in our first foster family. So it was a sibling set of three. They were four, seven, and eight. And then um, we were very lucky in that two years later, we were able to adopt them. Oh, I just got goosebumps. That's so beautiful. <laughs> so, uh, yes, it was very exciting. And so the adoption was in June of 2016. So I took that summer off. Um, I was working a corporate job. Took that summer off to spend some bonding time with them. And um, I was really doing some soul searching because I'm not a corporate girl and really wanted to spend more time with the kids, especially since they came to us later and in life that I just really wanted to make sure that I got all the time in that I could with them. So I did a lot of soul searching, going through old journals. I was like, why is it that I want to do? I was like, oh, duh, I need to go back to coaching. <laughs> so I decided to go full in, went and got my certification and started my business at the same time. So I was working full time, going to school and started my business, a trying time, but it was also very exciting doing new things and trying to balance it all. Then life happened. You know, we moved to a new, we moved back to where we were from because we were a couple hours away and all our family was here. And then uh, it just seemed like I, I would start, like start the business again. And then life would happen, start the business, life would happen. So as soon as I started the business, it's like my husband had really 
critical health issues. So I had to like put on the back burner again. So I was like, finally, um, in January, I was able to like go full force <laughs> into coaching again. And um, so it's kind of been a long process, but to get to do something that you love, it's, it's all worth it. I think you need to always just listen to the heart and what is it that I'm supposed to be doing today? And taking a break from something is never a bad thing. You know, if anything, it's a beautiful gift that it gave you to be able to circle back and come back to knowing that it is what you love. I have a lot of conversations with people about being in the corporate world and then moving into coaching. I find Mm -hmm. a lot of coaches have that um, corporate experience and I find it so interesting that um, it takes a really long time to one day wake up from that burnout and that exhaustion of doing something that doesn't light your soul up to be like, oh, what is it? I had to burn out to find what I love, or I had to be exhausted to find out what I love. So Mm -hmm. what point in your corporate career did you find it was time to make that switch? Yeah, for sure. And that's exactly why I'm doing what I do. You know, I was in corporate, you hear all the time, a majority of the people at work were saying, when is it five o'clock? When's it Friday? Is it, you know, well, when's my next vacation? It's like, people are just wishing their life away. And I was one of those people. And it's like, <clears throat> this is not how we're meant to live. You know, I just felt this heavy heart of uh, need to get out myself and then help others to do the same. You know, not to say that people aren't meant for corporate, mm-hmm. but there, we are all blessed with gifts and we're meant to share those with the world. <clears throat> so it could be definitely a corporate position, but are you in the right place that you need to be? You know, I think that work should be something that we love and enjoy. And so uh, what happened with me was when my husband was going through that difficult health period, it was um, also very trying, you know, because I was trying to be a caregiver and take care of the kids and still work my corporate job. And it led me down the path of um, depression, anxiety, and I was hitting my rock bottom too. And finally, it was just like, I just, I can't, something has to give and I just can't do this anymore. And so took that scary step of, choosing my mental health over, um, what could, you know, our financial well-being at the time it was just having to make that choice. So that's, that's what happened in my situation. And I'm hoping that through my story and my coaching that I can help others to not have to have to hit that rock bottom before they can start living out, you know, their life joyfully and fearlessly and confidently going into that purpose that they love. Yeah. Yeah. That's a huge thing. I just, I don't want anyone to feel that burnout and that just that awful feeling of doing something that you don't like, that just doesn't bring joy into your, into your world. So I think as much as we can push the message out there is like, do what you love. And if you don't love it, don't do it. I mean, I don't know. Some people say, well, I love the money I make. And if mm-hmm. that's enough for you to, you know, get through the day, then that's okay. Okay. Yeah. Making sure that the choices that you make are based on your values and your morals. I just, yeah, 
And making sure you're living authentically. I was not living authentically in my corporate job. And so to be able to just live from that authenticity and that trueness of who you are, like nothing, nothing can replace that, you know? And, and it's funny that you say about the money because I was part of it. It was like, I was the breadwinner for our family. I made a really good income. And so moving from that was really scary to make that choice. It was like, I've never been in a place where I didn't have a um, an income coming in right away. So it was really scary. It is a scary place to be, not knowing where your next paycheck might come from. Right. Something that I've always found, it's like everything always works out. Like, yes. have you ever had a time where like it didn't work out? <laughs> I, think. I know. I know. And that's why I keep reminding myself. So I have this great story for you. Amazing. There was, uh, so this was years and years ago. But I had got laid off from a job. They closed the doors. And so I was on unemployment. And it was like that last check. And I did not know how we were going to pay rent. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know how we're going to do it. <laughs> you know? So we were watching um, the 70s show. I don't know if you know that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like reruns of that. And the TV station was hosting this. It was like this contest thing. So you would call in at the end of the show. And if you get through, you had to answer three questions about the show. And then you win. And this one night I got through, was able to answer the three questions. And I won $1,000. Oh. Like, and it paid my rent. You know, I was just like, <laughs> oh my gosh, thank you, God. Like, yeah, just always providing, you know? So, and I just always have to remind myself of that story that I'm, I may not know how it's coming, but. Yeah. And I think when you believe that and put action to it, I don't mm -hmm. think you can just ask for it and it arrives. I really do believe that we need to have our intention of what it is we need and then create actions, little things like you picked mm -hmm. up the phone and you called, right. And you answered the questions so, you know, you didn't just, it didn't just fall into your lap, right? So I think right. placing the action with the intention and asking for it. it yes. Is and then provided. looking for the opportunities that are yeah. coming your way, right? You ask for it and then opportunities are presented to you. And then, like you said, having to take the action on those opportunities, not just sitting back and being like, okay. What are your favorite coaching tools that you like to use with clients? Um, I find that a lot of times when they first come in, they're bogged down by all the responsibilities that they have. So there's a lot of overwhelm going on, that chaos. They're just trying to find that next step, but sometimes they're just paralyzed and like, I don't even know what's next. I can't focus. So a lot of times I start by teaching them the brain dump, mm. um, which is a really easy exercise. You just get a piece of paper and set a timer for 10 minutes and just jot down anything and everything that comes to your mind. And then um, I'll be sending you the link to my freebie, which, you know, goes through that exercise for you. So it has a list of questions. So if you get stuck and you're like, oh, I can't think of anything, it helps to jog your memory of, oh, yeah, I got to do that and that. Because you just want to just clear it all out, you know, get it on paper. Because like, as soon as you do that, it's like your brain can relax and be like, oh, thank you for cleaning out house because it was really hard work keeping track of everything that was going on in there. <laughs> totally. I feel like yeah. that all the time. I'm like 
just being an idea person, I have a zillion ideas all at one time. And if I don't sit down and write them out or type them out or talk them out, I just, I can't even do anything. Like I feel paralyzed from overwhelm. So good. Yep. And then taking that and um, using it as a way to prioritize things too, you know, what can you take off your list? And so going through certain questions on that too, like, you know, can you delegate to someone, which, you know, as me, it's, I'm a helper. I, I'm the one that helps other people. No one, you know, I don't ask for help. So to be able to delegate to someone is really hard for me, but I'm learning, as, you know, especially through that process of when my husband was going through his health issues of, I need to ask for help. I can't do it all. And it's okay. You know, my kids are getting older. They're teenagers. They can take on some responsibility. Even when my husband was sick, it was like, there were things that he could do. And I was just thinking that I had to do it all myself. So to know that, you know, it's okay to delegate to other people and ask for help is a huge, huge learning. (laughs) Oh, I hear you on that. Yeah, but asking for help sometimes it's almost makes you feel powerless or weak or, you know, the opposite of what it is. Because really, when you're able to be vulnerable enough to ask for help, you're actually taking control of your life and taking the power into your hands and realizing the truth. uh, No, you can't do everything on your own. You do need help and it's okay to ask for help. So you are not being powerless or giving away your power because you're asking for help you're being a leader. Right? Yeah. And you know what I also found was for the other person, cause I was feeling like, Oh, I'm burdening them or whatever, but no, I'm, what I was doing was not giving them the opportunities to feel empowered themselves, right. you know? And so looking at it as a way of, I'm giving them an opportunity to help because they love to help just as much as I love to help. So giving them that opportunity to help me back And, um, and then with my kids, just remembering that I, it's my job as a parent to help them to become the best adults that they can be. And in order to do that, they have to learn how to do this stuff. They have to (laughs) learn how to cook meals. They have to learn how to make a grocery list. They have to learn how to do laundry and all the things it takes to run a household. So not feeling guilty for that being like, no, I'm teaching them how to, you know, be an adult when they're on their own. So, yeah, exactly. I like how you said that you're, you're giving them an opportunity to feel empowered by asking for help. That's a really nice way to look at it. It's like you're providing opportunity for people to shine in their best light. Yes, exactly. What is one of the most common blocks that you tend to see in the clients you work with? It's definitely fear holding them back and then that not enough, you know, those stories that we tell ourselves of who do you think you are? You know, at least this is, you know, when I was starting my coaching business, who do you think you are? Um, you know, you have all these other problems, like how can you go and help someone with theirs? But it's um, knowing that also, not only do we have our own special gifts, but we all come from different backgrounds and different experiences and sharing those with other people and helping them to live through their, those experiences as well. So like, for instance, when I was going through the foster adoption, it was a really tough emotional process. And a lady came into my life for that season 
who had gone through the same stuff to be able to help me, you know? And so now I can see um, people have been coming to me saying, Hey, we're thinking about foster adopting. And so helping them, you know, through their process is kind of like this domino effect of, you know, being able to help when we're talking about that I'm not good enough is trying to find, asking them a series of questions to try and find, you know, what have they gone through in their past that shows them that they are good enough. So what are some of your favorite tools to share with people to overcome the overwhelm? So we've talked about brain dumping. Yes. So um, usually start there. Yeah. And then also building routines into life. I think just is so helpful. I can notice such a difference if I'm not doing my morning routine. It's like, I'm just off for the day, you know? So building in your morning routine and evening routine, taking them through exercises on, you know, your ideal day, what does that look like and how do we build that? Um, Cause I think it gives you a sense of control too, right? Of, because I think when we feel out of control, that's where, kind of where we'll start to spiral. Yeah. Um, so if we can have some sense of control, but then also making sure that you're building in flexibility because life happens. I'll just share a quick little um, tool that I really found helpful for me during a period of my life when I was going through this, you know, worry, fear-based thought process. I made these little um, post-it notes with affirmations on each different one saying like, I have no control. It's okay. Um, whatever is meant to be will happen. Um, think about your feet, think about your fingers, think about your toes, take five deep breaths in. So every post-it note had a different tool, I guess, to help you help bring me back to the present. And I just put all the post-it notes back together. So they were kind of sticky and I would just go through them anytime worry crept in and I would peel one off stick it down to the table, peel the next one, stick it on top. (laughs) I would just go through them to just help bring myself back to that present state. And I love that. Yeah, it was very helpful. It was very helpful because it was way too easy to give in to that, that fear. And it was just like this black hole that sucked you down to this non-reality. So just having that zone in of, okay, here I am. And it also just gave you something else to focus on too, right? So yes. I'm not thinking about my fear. I'm thinking about breathing. I'm thinking about my toes. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. We we just need those ways to be able to bring us into the present moment. And like I told you before, it's like be in the present moment, the here and the now, because this is what we have instead of living in a future that may not even happen. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. What are some thoughts or you have around control and how do we surrender to knowing that we're not in control of everything? Do you have any tools that you like to use around that? So for me, I'm creating a new program and um, I coach mainly women Christian entrepreneurs. And so one of the things I came up with was paved starting your morning with prayer affirmations, visualization, exercise, and devotions. I I think it helps my mindset of knowing that I'm not in control, but there are things that I can control. So, you know, when I'm feeling out of control, what can I control? Right. Right. And so it's my thoughts and my actions and how do I want to do that? If you could share one message with the world, what would it be? My message and my mission is 
to help women know that they have a choice and they don't have to stay stuck. And we are all meant for a purpose. We all have these special gifts to offer. And if we are all offering our gifts and sharing them, it's just going to, the world's just going to be a much better place and you're going to live a happier, more joyful life. Um, So that's the message I want to get out. I love that because that's something we do have control over. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. So good. Well, it has been a pleasure to chat with you today, Angie. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to share your story, to share your tools and tips and all the fun stuff you have going on in your world. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure being here. Absolutely. We will make sure we put a link to your website and to your download and all that good stuff on our show notes so everyone can check out what you do. Great. Thank you so much. You bet. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Crushing Chaos podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love for you to take a screenshot of you listening, share it on your Instagram story, and tag us at Crushing Chaos Podcast. We love to repost on our story and show appreciation to our listeners. Be sure to check out the website at www.crystalmcgrath.ca slash crushing chaos, where you can find more information on our guests and sign up for emails to stay up to date with new episodes and all the upcoming exciting new adventures. I cannot wait to connect again with you soon. Until next time. Thank you.